Ready? Yup. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and joining me to celebrate our one-year anniversary of this amazing show is the one and only, live from Orlando, Samantha Monorail. Hey! Hey, Sam. Happy anniversary. Yeah, well, you're celebrating this more than our other anniversaries. That's not true. You, I'm just that kidding. is not fair. <laughs> I'm the one that remembers anniversaries, ma'am. Yeah, I didn't even know this was an anniversary. If you hadn't said anything, I wouldn't be celebrating anything. Yeah, yeah. So you just keep those comments to yourself. Yeah, whatever. Why it's did Why did we? Equal. Let's tell everybody why we decided to get married on Halloween. Well, it's easier for me to remember. Aha. <laughs> Okay, and now right. we are revealing the truth. I take it back. We're celebrating this as we would any other anniversary. <laughs> well, this is a big deal because this monorail podcast has, uh-huh. it. it's not just something that we've done and yeah, it's been fun and we've enjoyed it for ourselves, but we have really made a lot of new friends. I would say we've expanded our what we consider to be our monorail family. And so this is really an anniversary for all of us. I've actually made some best friends too. That's right. That's right. Best friends I haven't met. Yeah. Talking to, here's looking at you, Jen, <laughs> but I have met Allison. So, mm-hmm. and more to come. I hope, I hope we end up meeting a whole lot more members of our virtual family spread out all over the world. Yeah, so, definitely. But we'll talk about that more as we go for now. We are going to get into the news from the Walt Disney World Resort, and then let's spend the last part of the show kind of looking back on the year that has been the first year of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. To get started, first of all, this is episode number 55, and today is May the 6th, be with you, of 2019. (laughs) Yeah. How did you celebrate May the 4th? Did you watch all of the Star Wars movies? Um, no, actually I watched, uh, the rest of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that doesn't work. That's yeah, not well, how you do it. Yeah, well, that's what I did. That's what I did. And I ate pork. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work either. That I can't tie that into Star Wars at all. Pork, porg, similar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to recognize porg as part of the Star Wars universe, so that doesn't it is. count. No, it does. It's not. That doesn't count for it me. Is. Um, but yes. <laughs> We did have May the 4th, and while we're talking about it, just really quickly, I do want to say, rest in peace, Peter Mayhew. Really sad news came out this past week that Chewbacca himself has passed away, and so, yeah, we lost another member of the original cast. Yeah, that's sad. So, while we're talking about Star Wars, why don't we talk about a little Star Wars Disney Parks news? Okay. So, we learned yesterday, via the Disney Parks blog, that there are... 
new extra, extra magic hours that have been announced for Disney's Hollywood Studios to coincide with the launch of Galaxy's Edge. So how long is extra, extra? What does that mean? That makes me think it goes past one. So I think it's in the morning. I don't know if it's in the night too, but let's let's read the article and we're going to find out together. So okay. Disney's Hollywood Studios, daily from September 1st to November 2nd, the park will have extra, extra magic hours from 6 to 9 a.m., including Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land attractions and a few other things as well. For August 29th and 31st, the entire Hollywood Studios is going to open at 6 for all guests, 6 a.m. So there's no extra magic hours for the first few days. But September 1st to November 2nd, Disney Resort guests are going to have access from 6 to 9 a.m. to um, Galaxy's Edge. So, How many, I wonder? How many people do you think they'll let in? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But you know what this actually means is... Uh, so for Toy Story Land, when it opened, they did open the park earlier. Um, they did some extra magic hours, and they were letting people in even before 6 a.m. But even mm-hmm. so... There was still a line, you know, if you didn't get there at 4 a.m., you were probably waiting in a line to get into to, uh, Toy Story Land. I just can't imagine how early you're going to have to arrive, even opening the park at 6 a.m. How early are people going to arrive before that just to get into Galaxy's Edge and try to be like the first people in there for the day? I'm the real s- question is, how early are you going to arrive and Will the family attend? No. (laughs) Well, you know, unless we had a room on the resort, we wouldn't be able to do the extra, extra magic hours. Well, I had a feeling that you'd be like, hey, we need to get a room on the resort. Yeah, I've considered it. I have. I knew you had. That's good news, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. At Disneyland, for the opening of Toy Story Land, they actually introduced a reservation system for Galaxy's Edge. So you actually make reservations for when you're going to go. And they haven't announced such a thing for Disney World, but I just wonder if that's something they may explore. They like chaos at Disney World. It seems that way. I guess they just figure, you know, they're so much bigger, they can handle the capacity. But as we've seen seen with Pandora and Toy Story Land, I don't think that that's the case. Yeah, yeah, and it still hasn't died down. The the ridiculous mine train hasn't died down. I mean, come on. It's true. So here's uh, a couple other little pieces of extra, extra magic hours that they're doing. Um, These are for August 29th to November 2nd. So at Animal Kingdom, they will have daily extra, extra magic hours from 7 to 8 a.m. featuring Pandora. And then at Magic Kingdom, 7 to 8 a.m., August 29th to November 2nd as well. Uh, favorite attractions in Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. It says it'll be the same as the extra as today's uh, morning extra magic hours at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. So they're expanding hours everywhere. Yeah. Can you imagine the workers there? It's going to be a rough few days for them. Yeah. A couple of months. Well, yeah. But all those extra magic hours. Whew. Yeah. So in order to take advantage of the extra, extra, extra magic hours... You do, extra, extra. <laughs> you do have to have a valid theme park admission and hotel ID. Guests without the park hopper option or park hopper option plus must spend the day at the same park where they'd like to enjoy the extra, extra magic hours. Okay. Yeah. Again, it's 
it's news. I don't know if we can classify it as good news. I, th- <laughs> I guess they're trying to, they're adding hours to add capacity, but people are going to be going in there and spending the day, you know? So yeah. I wonder, you know, one thing that they said about Disneyland is there's going to be a, a three, somehow there's going to be a three hour limit to the time that a you can three spend. three hour what? A limit, a three hour limit to the time you can spend in mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge. Do you think they'll do that? How Disney are they going to enforce that? That's another good question. I don't know. I I wonder if they might try to put wristbands on everybody and based on the color, like if you're if you're wearing the wrong color wristband, stormtroopers are going to come escort you out. Oh, I don't that'd know. Be cool. <laughs> People would yeah, just for that experience. <laughs> I'm staying in here until I get escorted out by stormtroopers. Yeah, I'd do that. I mean, and that's kind of a bummer too because if it's anything like what Pandora experiences, you'll be in line for three hours. You yeah. know, yeah, your whole time would be in line for Smuggler's Run because yeah. Rise, Rise of the Resistance won't have even be open yet. I just, I don't know. Uh, I, this all sounds very chaotic, and it it's gonna be insane. And I think I need to go to another park for a while. Yeah. <laughs> It might be a good idea. I mean, if if anyone can wait to experience Galaxy's Edge, it might be a good idea to avoid the studios for a couple of years. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, it just sounds like, you know, talk about Disney breakdowns for kids. It's just going to be nonstop. Yeah. They're going to be so upset because what a, what a challenging day that's going to be. And you know that you're going to have like crazy dads like you going, come on, we got to do it all. <laughs> I just want to get uh, a good spot at the bar at Olga, Olga's Cantina and, and hang out and have a few of those Galaxy's Edge drinks and listen to DJ Rex spinning the hits, yeah, well. the Galaxy's Edge hits. I'd be happy doing that. You know, I made a I joke. That. I made a joke this week on Twitter. I wonder if uh, Sunny Eclipse will play any shows over in Galaxy's Edge. That'd be awesome. I would. Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't you just stick that guy out there? He's an alien. Yeah, we could introduce him into Star Wars canon. There's no reason we couldn't. So It'd be cool if he was on the next movie, and then we'll just have a whole crazy, ridiculous amount of people that Justin fi- deems unacceptable um, in the Star Wars realm. Like Porgs. I'd be okay with Sunny Eclipse coming into Star Wars. As long no, as he I'm wasn't surprised. like a main character. All of it, See, if they did the Porgs differently, and the Porgs were just like on the island with Luke, just hanging out, and, and they weren't obnoxiously hanging out in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, I'd be a lot better with them. I don't like, I don't like them. We don't need the comic relief of the Porgs all the time. Yeah, we needed it because they're so cute. (laughs) And Chewie should eat all of them. But anyway, while we're talking about Hollywood Studios, let's let's go ahead and talk about the Disney Hollywood Studios 30th anniversary, which happened this past week, which you said you were going to go to and you didn't. You lied to the people. Well, are you talking about on May May 1st? 1st, Yeah. Yeah, so let me just tell you, (laughs) I work really, really hard. A terrible excuse. We expected you to go and ex- and be part of this major event. You know, maybe I just don't need this job, and I'll just go to Disney. How are we going to live, though, honey? Hmm? Hmm? Well, we're going to have to ask for donations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but Disney did celebrate the 30th anniversary of hashtag AlwaysMGM, or as we know it now, Disney's Hollywood Studios, on May the 1st. And, of course, there were some special events and special tasty treats that you missed out on. 
Although I think that I think that Kylo Ren cupcake's going to hang out for a little while, so you need to get over there and try it. Maybe today. Yeah, maybe today. Yeah, we'll see. You might be lying to us again. Oh my god! But <laughs> but they did, as part of this celebration, unveil the brand new Disney Hollywood Studios logo. Have you had a chance to look at it? Give me five seconds. It inspired. Lots of creative interpretation from the social media community about, uh, hey, how about this logo, Hollywood Studios? And uh, (laughs) people took this format and duplicated it to make new Magic Kingdom and Epcot and Animal Kingdom logos as well. It was not widely uh, praised or accepted, I would say. So if you haven't seen it yet, go look it up. You can find it very easily. Uh, WDWmagic.com has an article about it. You can probably find it on WDWNT, the WDW News Today. But yes, the new logo is very basic. It's like a basic font. It's black and white. You know, and then they've shoved in the characters. You know, I'm someone who's all about, like, it doesn't bother me that things are changing at Disney. And I realize I bring controversy to the podcast and to all of our friends. Saying all these crazy things like you missed the sorcerer's hat. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Apparently, I don't get it. But anyway, so I'm just that person. And um, usually I'm on board with stuff and things like this. But this is awful. It's... Honestly, I could have made this logo, and I am terrible with art, and I'm terrible with Photoshop-type things. I could have done this. And why? Like, just plugging in characters in the O's of Hollywood? And yeah. why did you pick... I get it. Okay, so they picked BB-8, they picked Woody, and they picked the new Mickey, because those are going to be kind of the cornerstones of the new Hollywood studios. But this is basically like... I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this one. I haven't said anything like this before about new stuff that Disney's put out. Not really, but I hate this. Oh. I actually hate it. <laughs> oh no! Like I I how in the world can they even get the person who defends them on everything to hate something? They did it. They did I it. hate it. They managed. I it. hate it. I, I hate it. I think it's awful. I think I want to go slap them all in the face and tell them that, you know, really, if it were what they originally were doing for the 30th with that cute little Mickey and maybe did something like that. I, okay, fine. But, oh, my gosh, this is just awful. I hate it. <laughs> Frank and Jen are going to be so excited to hear you going off on this. I just, I never, ever would have thought that I would say anything like that. Like, but uh, it's awful. It's just the ugliest thing I've ever seen. You, they make more money than that. That looks like they didn't invest any money in it. It looks like they came up with it that morning. But, yeah, yeah. But, you know, for a long time, the rumor was that Hollywood Studios was actually going to get a new name because of all the changes. It's not the same park it used, it used to be. It's not a studio park anymore. Right. And I almost wish they had just done that. Yeah, this is just... This is very pitiful. I, if this were not a family podcast, I'd have additional uh, words that add pizzazz to my feelings. So, sentence enhancers. Yes, my sentence enhancers are being. What do I call it? Uh, Filtered. Withheld. Yes. Yeah. Withheld. I'm withholding my true feelings at the moment. Yeah. If you want to see my true feelings, go to. No, just kidding. I don't have anywhere. <laughs> True colors shining through. 
Sorry. I love Phil Collins. That is not a Phil Collins song. Yes, it is. But originally? I don't think so. Well, Phil Collins sang it. Cindy Lauper. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. It's a Cindy Lauper song. But Phil Collins sang it in 1998. Wow. Okay. So if I said something to you like, are you fans of Africa? And you're like, yeah, that Weezer song. <laughs> that's different. That just happened. True Colors came out in 1971 and Phil Collins was the first remake. So um, it's easy to confuse. No, I disagree. Okay. We're going to end this on a positive note. Last piece of news that we found out this week that Disney, we're staying in the studios. Disney has announced a new table service restaurant will be coming to Toy Story Land at the studios. And we don't know the date yet, but it's going to be a barbecue restaurant called the Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. And what are they going to have there? I think it's going to be barbecue. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, it will be located right next to Woody as you enter Toy Story Land. So just as you pass Woody over to the right, there's going to be a little section. So they're not going to have to you know, get rid of anything or change anything. It's going to be an addition to Toy Story Land. So that's nice. Um, and if you look at the concept art, it's going to be very true to what you've already seen in Toy Story Land, where you basically, you know, as soon as you step in there, you have been shrunk down to the size of one of Andy's toys. And this looks like you're in a toy box while you're eating. It's a little bit busy, <laughs> lots of colors, lots of characters, but the theming looks very cool. It looks, I mean, you kind of look like you're almost in like a game box, maybe like a board game box. Yeah. Yeah. That looks really busy. <laughs> I think, That'd be good. I think kids are going to love this place. I think so. I think some parents may get a migraine from this place. So my first thought when I heard about this restaurant was, why are we not getting a Pizza Planet? Like, we know that Pizza Rizzo is going away at the Hollywood Studios. It's back now, temporarily, while they're um, refurbishing, I think, the uh, Backlot Express. Or it's one of the other restaurants. But for now, like, it's temporarily back. But Pizza Rizzo is going to go away eventually. So you're going to need a pizza place. So why not Pizza Planet? Well, I guess the argument would be Pizza Planet is like a full-size restaurant for humans. But when you're in Toy Story Land, you're toy size, So it has to stay true to the theme. So this needs to be like something that Andy built. Okay. So, so that's really why. Well, and if I can make a comment coming from my point of view of the restaurant, you're going to be mad at me the whole time that we're there if we go eat there. Because I already have a hard time listening because of my ADHD. I will never hear anything anyone says because I'll be overwhelmed and distracted yeah. by everything. Sensory overload. It will. It, it might make me feel very anxious. <laughs> but I'm excited because I don't think there's any other place you can get barbecue in the studios right now. So that's a nice addition. The only thing, once this opens up, the only thing we're going to be missing in Toy Story Land is like a dedicated souvenir shop, which I still don't understand why they don't have that. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think that it would do really well. By the way, where are they going to put this restaurant in Toy Story Land? I can't picture where it could <laughs> fit in. So speaking it's of your ADHD, I mentioned this previously. So as, you're, <laughs> as you are walking into Toy Story Land, you know the big giant Woody to the right? Yeah. Okay, it's going to be just past him on the right. Because there's nothing okay. there right now. I guess I didn't... Re I, I guess it is like a wooded area or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <That's> okay. <laughs> 
So we still don't know, you know, what's going to be on the menu, and we don't know when it will open. We will definitely bring you that information as soon as we have it. But for now, um, just get excited because it's coming. We're going to get some pretty cool restaurants here pretty soon. The Space Restaurant in Epcot is on the list. Um, and this one. <laughs> those, <laughs> those two. <laughs> and some barbecue. Yeah. We like tasty treats. I love tasty treats. All right. Well, that's all the news I wanted to cover for today. Welcome to May. We're getting to the season where it's going to be overly, oppressively hot in Orlando. Oh, and today is Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, we're recording on Cinco de Mayo. That's true. So happy Cinco de Mayo. I hope they're partying in the parks for it because I'm going. (laughs) Yeah, but you're not going to go to Epcot and go to Mexico. You totally should. I may just have to go to Epcot. (laughs) A little teaser. We're getting ready to throw it over to M34D, and Landon and I might be taking you on a little audio trip to the Mexico Pavilion. Ooh. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. But for now, we're going to take a break. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. This is M34D, and for those of you who may just be joining us here on our one-year anniversary episode, this is your first time listening. Welcome. Where have you been? But maybe you're not familiar with what the acronym stands for. I'm going to spell it out for you. This is the Monday Morning Monorail Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes, and joining me to complete the four D's in four D is Landon the Dawes Doe. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. Uh, always fun to be joining you in the uh, Monday morning monorail, especially in the fun V that is known as M three four D compared to the humdrum V that's comp- uh, that is known as the rest of this podcast. That's right. I call this the velvet rope section of the monorail. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are uh, drinking appropriate on today's holiday, so you know, happy Cinco, everybody. It is Cinco de Mayo for us here in the past, and <laughs> Landon. Has has got a Modelo cracked it open, enjoying a cold yep. one. If we were going to record this a little bit later, I was going to break into the tequila, but 10 a.m. feels a little <laughs> bit too early even for me. <laughs> Unless I'm at Epcot, then we can start drinking around the world. Can you make a Bloody Mary with tequila? Because that may work. Ooh, uh, I don't know if you could do a Bloody Mary, but I do know the... Uh, I guess breakfast equivalent would be like a mimosa or a tequila sunrise. Tequila sunrise would probably work, I guess. Yeah. I I have Mm -hmm. nothing. I've got water and water is universal. So that it is today. Wait, wait, it's universal. I thought we were talking about Disney. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I misspoke there. Um, (laughs) Well, in order to appropriately celebrate the holiday, we are stepping outside the Magic Kingdom. Now, what we typically do on this portion of the show is we talk about attractions one by one, sometimes shows, maybe restaurants, 
And we really do a mm, quote unquote deep dive into those things. And we talk about the story behind them, some of the work that went into them, what's it like to experience it, and then our thoughts on things like, is this something that's kind of like key, a key experience to your Walt Disney World vacation? Um, Disney 101, if you will. But today, for the holiday, we're actually going to step on over to Epcot. I will say, at least the prior version of this ride was a day one attraction at Epcot. So we're still staying on brand. We ran out of day one Magic Kingdom attractions. This is a day one Epcot attraction. So so it's close sure. enough that I feel like we could make it work. People are going to forgive us, I think. I mean, it is your podcast. So at the end of the day, you can do whatever you want to. But sure, whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah, it does. It does. So we're going to be talking about the Grand Fiesta Tour in the Mexico Pavilion. And we're also going to talk about its predecessor, which was, and I know I'm the designated uh, namesayer for this ride, El Rio del Tiempo. Thank you very much. Gracias. Bueno, bueno. (laughs) Yeah. So if you've never experienced either, we're going to help you get an idea of what it's like. Do you like boat rides? Do you like dark rides? Are you a fan of things like, I don't know, Pirates of the Caribbean? Or maybe Small World would be a more appropriate comparison. Well, then maybe you would be a fan of the Grand Fiesta Tour or El Rio del Tiempo. Because this ride, located in the Mexico Pavilion of Epcot in World Showcase, that's a long address, um, (laughs) is... A dark wide, dark ride, water ride. I was going to say water ride, and then it turned into dark wide. Mm-hmm. I understand. <laughs> Though I just want to point out, I'm the one that's drinking on this podcast, not Jay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've proven through the first year of this podcast that I cannot speak at all. That is true. That yeah. is true. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got an established history of that. So, uh, but yes, it is a water ride in the dark. It's a celebration of Mexican culture, and previously. In the version that was called El Rio del Tiempo, it was really more focused on Mexican culture and Mexican history. In fact, mm-hmm. it was really a ride through the history of the country of Mexico, and it didn't really have... It, the story was the history. The, the story was the the kind of chronology of the country. Um, now the story is more focused on the three caballeros and the search for Donald because... Yep. Of course, he's up to his his old tricks of getting into crazy antics, and Jose and Panchito have no idea where he is. So, yep, Donald wants to go sightseeing as opposed to uh, perform. That's right. Which, which which I don't blame him. All the sights that he goes and sees during this ride do look very nice and uh, scenic and stuff like that. They do. Um, Viva Donald! Sorry, that's that, that's later in the ride. Between the two versions of the ride. The the track didn't change at all. It's the same track. In fact, most of the scenes are pretty similar, and they're still using a lot of screens um, in the old version of the ride. I, I wanted to say, if you ever watch a video of El Rio del Tiempo, one of the things that it kind of re- makes me think of is Small World. It almost feels like there are scenes that they basically took the Mexico piece of Small World and just blew it up into a whole mm. into a whole ride concept. You know, oh, yeah, definitely. There's one scene where you are going through the attraction and you come into an open room, and it might as well be, oh, look at this. We somehow transported back to the Magic Kingdom into It's a Small World because I mean, it has the you know what uh, animatronic miniatures that are very synonymous with Small World. It has a song that, while not as I guess uh, catchy haunting. or hooky as <laughs> yeah, haunting, there we go. That's the more appropriate term uh, of It's a Small World. It has a song that will get 
stuck into your head. So, I mean, like, yeah, that scene right there, when I went through it, it's like, oh, this is It's a Small World. Neat. Yeah. But when I say, oh, this is It's a Small World, that isn't a negative. I want I, I want to clarify that. No, it's it's not a negative. It's And the dolls look very similar in style to the ones that you'd mm-hmm. see in Small World. I, I would be willing to say that they basically use that same kind of, you know, format, yeah, that, the same yeah. mold for a lot of those animatronics. I feel safe to say. Yeah. One of the things I like about the old ride is you go under kind of an archway and they've got the skeletal, like, Dia de... What is it? Dia... Uh, Dia de Muerte. Muertes. Muertes, yeah. Yeah. Man, we are we are so wide. I'm sorry, sorry everybody. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> We're hey, I took it. two and a half years of Spanish in high school. I just, you know, didn't finish them, but I took them. <laughs> but... but um, they they've got the skeleton mariachi band that are that are standing there mm-hmm. over the archway and that I always like that image I think that's a pretty cool scene. Um, you also end up going through a Mexican market and there's a guy that actually follows you through several screens <laughs> trying to sell you his wares as you go by, which could be pretty authentic. If you go to Mexico, go to a Mexican market. You know that's a that's a pretty real experience that you could have. So literally took the words out of my mouth. The one time my family and I went to Mexico is I was wearing a Metallica shirt. Hey Metallica, you come over here. You buy my merchandise. Hey Metallica, <laughs> you <laughs> you come to this bar. You drink beer with me. It's like uh, I'm I'm 18, sir. <laughs> <laughs> very <Hey>. authentic <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's a pretty authentic field but uh but yeah so that ride opened october 1st 1982 and then it closed january 2nd of 2007 when it was rethemed to the grand fiesta tour starring the three caballeros the boats are really the same it's about an eight minute ride the boats hold about 16 people and the ride can get about 1656 people through Per hour. And really, the thing is, that doesn't... I don't know. There may be more rides that have a larger capacity. It's a pretty large capacity ride, I would think. But you never really... Even in the old version and the new version, this is almost always a walk-on ride unless the parks are packed. And I did describe a scenario where (laughs) there was like a 40-minute wait for this ride. Um, Like, like, I don't even think the Mexican pavilion could house a 40 minute wait for this ride oh it didn't do it well it was wrapped around all through the (laughs) yeah all through the little plaza there where they've got the shops and it was it was a mess yeah yeah that that sounds like a nightmare if uh, if it has a 40 minute wait but yeah the last time i was down there uh even in a uh, pretty busy day in the park i think i maybe waited three minutes to get on this ride it was literally just you know go through the queue and then boom you're there I think I spent more time throwing away my cup of water uh, that I had with me in line because you can't take drinks on that ride. Uh, I think I spent more time throwing away my water than I did waiting to get on this ride. And, like, I really like this ride. To me, this is one of these perfect reprieve rides at Disney, which uh, if I had to do my trip over again, I would have, you know, used a few more. But it's like, it's nice just to be able to get out of the heat, out of the sun, and just sit down and enjoy a fun ride. The ride itself, like Jay said, is eight minutes. But I mean, even inside the Mexican pavilion, I think is really cool. Like, like, and one of the things that I like about this ride, it smells awesome because (laughs) you go by the Mexican restaurant, which, which have you ever eaten there? I have not. Okay, I haven't either, and I'm curious if anybody listening has, because it smells amazing. I'd love to actually try it the next time I'm down there, but but that's that's one of the reasons I like this ride, because it smells of delicious Mexican. 
That's right. It really does. It's <laughs> it's because that's the first thing you go by is the uh, is that the that's the Casa del San Angel, I think is what that is. I believe so. And I know in Disneyland, uh, Pirates goes by a uh, by a, or near a restaurant. Is this the only ride slash restaurant combo we have at the Walt Disney World properties? Yeah, I was trying to think about uh, whether or not that's true. The only other one that comes close, I think, is Small World because we mentioned on the the podcast previously the Pinocchio Village House actually has kind of an observation area where if you're sitting in there and you look through the windows you can see the small world ride but it isn't okay. it's it's separated by windows and and really if you were kind of oblivious like me you may not even look up and see that there's people up there <laughs> eating or if you were in that restaurant you I mean I guess it'd be pretty obvious that you could see down to the ride but yeah th- this one is definitely most closely tied with a ride. You could maybe argue that living with the land has a restaurant. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's 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 a good point. Yeah. But you don't see either one from like if you're eating in the cafeteria, you don't really see the the ride go by and vice versa. And if you're on the if you're in the boat, you don't necessarily like, oh look, there's there's the table that I I'm going to get in 45 minutes or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay, real-time fact checking. The restaurant that's located actually inside the pyramid of the Mexico Pavilion is the San Angel Inn Restaurant. Um, that is the one that you can actually see the boat ride from, and you're sitting at the base of that Aztec temple. The Hacienda is outside of the Mexico Pavilion. So, okay. Yeah. There's multiple restaurant options there, but, but yes, this is the one that you smell as you're on the boat riding to go see Donald and the Three <laughs> Caballeros. That's something I'd like to make a point to do the next time I go down there. I'd like to eat there. Yeah, I would too. You know, I've always heard that the food is, it's just okay. I mean, because Mexican is something that we have a lot of access to it here in America. And there's a lot of good Mexican restaurants that you can sample from, you know, at your, in your local city, in your town. I hear similar things about like the restaurant in China and then the hibachi steakhouse in Japan that it's just like, it's nothing... That's going to feel like right home, home about. Yeah, it's nothing that's going to feel like, oh, I couldn't get this experience, you know, while I'm at home. But I think the atmosphere is what gives is it's what sells it for me. Like, I'd love to be sitting there, see the boats go by and mm-hmm. sitting at the base. I mean, it's a really cool environment to say. It least. really is like like I feel like that's actually one of the cooler aspects of this ride is when you go by that Aztec temple. And it's like I didn't pick up on this until I started doing research for this episode and I, I watched some I guess uh ride throughs. In that one instance, there's a volcano in the background erupting. Yeah. Like 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 I didn't notice that and and it's like again it's like little small features like that. It's like I could very easily be very content sitting at a table just eating chips and salsa and drinking uh drinking some margaritas yeah. or whatever and just and just looking at the temple and just chat. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. And another thing that goes on in the Mexican pavilion, aside from really good shopping as well, is you got to get one of those cool stuff. giant sombreros. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but also you can do the Agent P World Showcase Adventure. And this is one of the ones that McKenna and I said is it's one of the best Agent P stops on that whole like throughout World Showcase. There's some really cool things that happen. So if you happen to be in the Mexican pavilion and you see weird things like doofenshmirtz popping up for no reason and you're like what's going on here um it's because people are doing the agent p thing but the end of that one is really cool and i'll just no spoilers because i think it's something you have to experience but what i'll say is if you are sitting in that restaurant and looking towards the aztec temple 
you may see the finale happen once or twice. Hmm, okay. Yeah, and that, that was one of the best effects, I thought, of that whole World Showcase game. So give it a try. I highly recommend it. It's a we'll good way to, to spend some time on a busy day or even a rainy day because you could do some of that stuff inside, right? But as we all know from listening to last week's episode, if it's a rainy day and you're at Walt Disney World, you go get on Expedition Everest. <laughs> yeah. Battle. yeah. So Disney describes this ride. This is their description on the website. Donald, and I'm talking about the current version now, the Grand Fiesta Tour. So Donald's disappeared south of the border, and it's up to the two caballeros from the musical trio Panchito, the Mexican Charo Rooster, and Jose uh, Carioca, the Brazilian Parrot, to find him. Cruise down the Rio Grande on a dark boat ride past some of the most famous sites and cities in Mexico. Is that the missing mallard climbing a Mayan pyramid in Chichen Itza? Chichen Itza? Chichen Itza? How do you say that one? I think it's Chichen Itza, right? <laughs> yes, we'll go with that. Hilarity and hijinks ensue as the birds go in hot pursuit of their wayward friend throughout this fun-filled ride for all ages. Yeah, and it's, of course, inspired by the 1944 film, The Three Caballeros. It's a good time. Made, it is. It is. It's a fun time. And uh, in your description, you made reference to one of my favorite scenes when Donald is going to walk up that... Uh, what I, I guess Aztecan tower or whatever and he steps on the first step and they just escalator and shoot him off <laughs> just love that <laughs> have no rhyme nor reason to like it I just want to point that out no, it's, it's funny it's alright you like what you like man let's see I've got some trivia for us here Panchito the leader of the trio is the only Mexican character of the three as Donald has always been portrayed as a citizen of the United States while Jose is Brazilian. So, yeah, we kind of we kind of knew that. I, well, I think I knew that. I don't know if everybody knew it, but that's a fact. Pantito's the only, the only act, actual citizen of Mexico um, of the three caballeros. And <laughs> in the movie, he is often seen firing guns into the air and whooping. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you got to tone down the whooping these days. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a trivia, not a trivia, I did a poll on Twitter a while back, and I asked, you know... You, if you were going to choose your champion of the three caballeros, who do you go with, Donald, Panchito, or Jose? And my argument was you've got to go Panchito because he's the only one that's actually carrying pistols. I mean, that is true. And yeah. and as you did just point out, he's he's a known whooper. <laughs> and you don't want to mess with a whooper. Yeah. <laughs> with its dancing dolls and miniature movies, the ride is a hybrid of the aforementioned It's a Small World and also If You Had Wings. That's a good point because we, we covered If You Had Wings on a previous M340, and that was another ride that used a lot of screens. I know you've slept since then, Landon, but we did talk yeah, about that Yeah, I was going to say, sure, okay, we definitely talked about that one <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> We but did. I mean, again, go, going back to the point where I was saying it's like there's one scene that might as well be lifted out of It's a Small World, and you made reference that they have those same miniatures. So, I mean, yeah, I guess we can see why uh, yeah. we uh, think of It's a Small World. Um, and then lastly, on December 4th, 2015, animatronics of the three caballeros from the Mickey Mouse Review were placed into the attractions finale. And this is another thing we've talked about because we did previously cover the Mickey Mouse Review. And, I remember that one. And I do like the fact that there are still animatronics hanging around from that old, that was a day one attraction at Disney at magic kingdom. And we still have the, those uh, three caballero animatronics hanging out in this ride. So that's pretty cool. Keeping the past alive. I do like that. Yeah. So let's talk about a day at Epcot for a moment. If you were experienced Epcot, experiencing Epcot for the first time and you were trying to budget out your day 
and decide, you know, okay, as I'm in World Showcase, I don't know if I'm going to have time to really explore all of the pavilions. I'm, I don't know if I'm really going to have time to ride all the rides or see all the movies. My personal opinion is do yourself a favor and put Mexico on the list because I really do think it's one of the best pavilions in World Showcase. Also, it's indoor. Good food options, even if you're not going to eat the food. The food smells delicious. Get yourself some <laughs> chips and salsa. You could go into La Cava del Tequila and just have a couple shots yeah, or maybe get a margarita. Um, and then ride Grand Fiesta Tour because it's only going to take you eight minutes. You probably won't have to wait very long. And it's a fun ride. It's it's still a taste of original Epcot, but also mixing with Ep- where Epcot has gone and is going, bringing in the characters and the IPs, and, and then a little tip of the hat to the, the old Magic Kingdom, the Mickey Mouse Review. So I say put it on the list. I say do it. I think Kevin, Cousin Kevin would tell you to do it. This is one of his favorite rides in all of Epcot. So what do you think? Yeah, Linda? I don't. Uh, I don't disagree with anything you said. Uh, we talk about how when you go into any Walt Disney World park, the most valuable thing, form of currency you have is time. And this is one of these rides we already talked about. You're not going to have to wait 40 minutes unless you're there on like hell day like Jay was apparently uh, on it during his last trip. This isn't a ride you're going to have to wait forever to get on. You're going to be able to walk on this ride. And if you're down there during the summer, during the heat, which I'm I'm guessing is like 90% of the time is going to have that oppressive Florida heat. It's nice to be able to go inside the Mexico uh, uh, Mexican pavilion, not only get on that ride. I mean, uh, when I was down there last time, there was a, uh, like the art of cocoa presentation and, and tying in with, uh, with, uh, the Dio, uh, de Muerte stuff, which, which I personally think is really cool. So I stopped and, and looked at all of that on my way to a ride that I really enjoy. So yeah, if this is your first time at Epcot, I'm with Jay. Find time to go to the Mexico uh, Mexico Pavilion, uh, ride the Grand Fiesta Tour. Uh, smells are free. We don't know how good the uh, the food tastes, but it smells amazing. And uh, it's just, I really love that atmosphere. So, uh, you know, highly recommend Do it. Grand, uh, Grand Fiesta Tour. Yeah. Okay. And just to say it right one time while we were recording this M340. Wow. Wow. We, we were doing that bad. Dia de los Muertos. Dia de los Muertos. All right, so go back and splice that that in every time we mention it. That's right. I need a clean one. Here we go. Dia de los Muertos. Nailed it. (laughs) All right, well, that's going to do it. We apologize again, and happy Cinco. (laughs) Yeah, for our Cinco de Mayo version of M34D. Landon, thanks so much for joining me. Before we wrap up, let's tell people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Doan. He's the, the best. best. Landon Doan. Not, not the rest. rest. Yep. Um, uh, that's where you can find the latest from me, 280 characters at a time. Also on our website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips. Dia de los muertos. And munch. Uh, <laughs> that's where you can find the, I guess at this point, no longer exclusively posted Game of Thrones talk, a.k.a. Got Talk, where myself, Hunter East, and Kevin Scott break down each episode of HBO's award-winning series, Game of Thrones. Uh, we are now available in the iTunes store, so please search Got Talk, uh, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. Remember, five stars or GTFO. Uh, I'm also a part of the R&D project with Will Rabb. Um, Oh, yeah, and I'm on the Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Uh, available in. online, uh, Newstalk987.com, and streaming on the iHeartRadio app, uh, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. That's right. Show him some yeah. love on the terrestrial radio format. 
<laughs> we ain't going away. Not yet. <laughs> well, Landon, thanks so much. Happy Cinco de Mayo. We will see you next week. Looking forward to it, bud. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is the last segment of the show today, and we didn't want to end the show without kind of looking back and remembering the good times that has been this year one of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. So I made the kids come out of their rooms and join us. I was asleep for 10 years, (laughs) and you have awoken me for this. So here we have McKenna Monorail. And we have Chicken Nugget, Garrett Monorail. Hello. Hello. And Sam is still with us. I am with uh, <laughs> still with us. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, one year anniversary. Happy anniversary Surprise. of the podcast. We don't have any cake or champagne. This is so sad. I have coffee. I don't. Why don't I have coffee? I've got a big cup of water if you guys want to drink out of my water to uh, celebrate. The ceremonial water. <laughs> So looking back on this previous year, what have been some of your favorite parts? What are, what are some of your memories of this podcast Dis- so far? Disney. 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 Yeah. Michael Mouse. Do you have a favorite show that we recorded? Um, no, I don't, can't remember many. I enjoyed the Mousekers. I still can't really say Mouseker. Mouseker's. That was a fun episode. Any other special episodes you guys want to talk about? How about the most romantic day at Walt Disney World, Garrett? That one was fun. I never ended up hearing that one. You should listen to it. It was a good one. The boys only show. That's right. Proving to the ladies that we know how to be romantic. Okay. If you need proof, go back and listen to that episode from Valentine's (laughs) Day 2019. (laughs) <laughs> I actually had a romantic moment by myself. <laughs> I took your all's tips and rode the minecart train. That sounded weird that I said a romantic moment by myself. <laughs> but I rode the minecart train and there's no ride got, called that, by the way. What's it called? The Seven, Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Okay, that. <laughs> um, I rode that, and whenever I got to almost the little, like I was coming down a hill, going to where the house is, where Snow White is dancing with the dwarfs, um, it was the finale of the fireworks show. Yeah, that's awesome. You timed it perfectly. That was my favorite part of this episode. Of this whole podcast? <laughs> or the podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, I actually can tell you what my favorite um, podcast or episode of the podcast is. Which one? Um, whenever I got to meet my best friend for the first time, Jin. Aww. And the Switchadoo Skaroo was a lot Is that not what it's called? Wow. I think we should call it that. That's what it is. From now on, wait. it's that. It should do Oh, wait, I'm dyslexic. It's switching. Switcheroo skadoo. There you go. No, it's not. Right? It's not. No, it's oh, the switchadoo skadoo. Wait, what did I say? That. You said switchadoo skadoo. <laughs>
<laughs> That's my favorite moment of the podcast. <laughs> oh, always at my expense. <sighs> I would say, no one's asked me, but I'm going to volunteer. Oh, Dad, yeah. what's your favorite? My favorite thing about this podcast has been all of the people that we've met and all the people we've had on this show. We started with Cousin Kevin. He was our first ever guest. Kevin Scott. Yeah. We thought Cousin Kevin might be a murderer, we but did. we let him come over. So <laughs> a funny thing about that was we were trying to set up our first recording with Kevin, and he was like, all right, well, just let me know what your address is. And I was like, mm, nope. <laughs> we're not doing that. But of course, I was like, you know what? It'll be daytime. We'll all be home. I'll make sure. Th- I'll make sure to text my parents and say if you don't hear from me in an hour, call the police. Uh, but <laughs> but he turned. He turned out to be a very good friend. He did. He, he we trusted him with our home location, and luckily that did not come back to bite us yet. Yeah. Uh, but no, Kevin is awesome, and you know now multi-time guest on the show, and and really we consider him a monorail family member at this point. I would say, you know, the, the, the switch, I don't even remember how you said it. The switcheroo skadoo was great. Switcheroo skadoo was great with Frank and Jen getting <laughs> Wait, the, how's this? How do you say it again? Switcheroo skadoo. Skadoo. Yeah. Well, that was so much fun. And not only did they come on our show, it was the first other podcast that we went on. So, yeah. so that was really cool and, you know, getting to be part of that and getting to expand on that friendship and then me getting to go celebrate with them with some pizza up in New York. That was a good time. You know, we had Trent and Jenny from the Disney DNA podcast on the show and that was a lot of fun doing the uh, March Madness, uh, you know, getting the, yes. get, and then, uh, and then of course, how could we forget Nick Salcedo, our travel agent specialist, Capture the Magic Vacations, and then... One of for a very long time, our most downloaded episode that we ever did was the DVC episode with Nate and Serena. So yeah, yeah, you know that's a popular one. If you want to go back and listen to it, a lot of really good information about the DVC. If you want to check that out, so I, you know, one of my goals, we said, you know, coming into the new year, one of my goals was to continue to have even more people on the show with us, expand out the family, and I think we've been able to do that, and I hope we continue to do that because. Those are always a lot of fun. And one of the really great things is all these people that we've had on our podcast and we've um, talked to, they actually are really great people. Like I've had the pleasure of meeting quite a few of them. And Justin, you've met some of them. And they're just all around like fun um, people and nice to be around, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think we've been very, very lucky because you hear sometimes about how toxic and poisonous this Twitter community can be. We haven't really seen that. That has not well, impacted us. Know. Yeah, that yeah. that we all the people that we interact with and and maybe maybe it's a good thing because, you know, we're just attracting the kind of people that are actually good, nice people and we're keeping out the haters. And that's fine with me. You know, I I would never I would never trade the group of people we surround ourselves with for more downloads. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. And um, I would say, too, that I, w- I hope, actually, coming up next year, so this is going to be a 2020 thing, uh, you know, at Disney Gratitude, Jocelyn on Twitter, um, 
she's actually organizing a big meetup and we're going to get to meet even more of these people that, that we have started to build relationships with virtually. And that's going to be a really good time coming up January of next year. I'm really excited for that. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and just in case you may be wondering what the status of Lederhosen watch 2019 is, we're still working on that with Frank. We passed the May 1st deadline. Dillo's Diz at Dillo's Diz did not get to 2,500 followers, but, I think if we can create some sort of like a charity event around Lederhosen and doing like a walkathon and world <laughs> showcase that Frank will have to do it. And I think we should do it as part of the January meetup with the Disney gratitude family. Yeah, we could all wear Lederhosen. You can call no, it just Lederhosen Frank. in the park. Lederhosen in the park. Yeah. <laughs> he said Oktoberfest in January, which works for me too. We could do that one. Yeah. The Oktoberfest in January, walk around the world. We'll figure something out, but I think that would be cool. I thought for sure someone would say their favorite part of the podcast is the fact that we all moved to Disney here. See, <laughs> so. That's what I was thinking. But <laughs> It's a really good part of the podcast. It's pretty good, but I think one of my favorite moments in making this podcast was the time we were in Disney and Dad didn't press the record button. <laughs> <laughs> and we had some good stuff, too. And he just didn't press the record button. Yeah. That was some gold audio right there that just never made it to any sort of recording device. We walked, <sighs> we walked for probably 20 minutes around World Showcase recording the sounds. Talking into nothing. Talking into nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh just it was epic you know that's hilarious wow. it was God. i don't keep the audio that i end up cutting out of the podcast when i edit it but sometimes i wish i did because there's some amazing things that would have been really cool to put together for a blooper reel um one of them being when it wasn't it the first time Kevin came over, we were recording, and we were interrupted by our cat hopping, oh, no. hopping, up, <laughs> hopping up onto a love seat and having no. <laughs> explosive diarrhea while we were trying to record. <laughs> and Kevin said, that's awesome. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and I was like, great, you clean it. <laughs> it was pretty cool. No, it was not cool. It was like a spray can. Oh, geez, that's gross. It was so, so gross. So gross. Oh. Another goal I set for this year, after the new year, was I, I was hoping that we could get a download in every single state in the United States. And at the time, there were several that were missing, including Vermont and West Virginia and Alaska and um, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Oregon. That was the list. I am happy to say that we have been downloaded one time in Vermont at this point. So I hope it was Bernie Sanders listening in. Oh, and, yeah. and, and then we have now like 10 downloads in West Virginia, which I think is a miracle because Sam and Landon decided to take West Virginia to task after I mentioned they weren't listening. You know, I don't even want to go back into it, but basically not saying some great things about, about that state. Whoops. That song is awesome. Is Bernie Sanders the only person who lives in Vermont? Yeah. Yes, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. 
I was just curious. He's the only person I know that lives there, so. No, he is the <laughs> only person in Vermont. Okay. I I, only, I usually forget that Vermont exists unless I'm talking about it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of those states for McKenna. So. Wormington. <laughs> And where is Nebraska? That's my second question. I don't I forgot even, about that one too. Yeah, where even is Nebraska? <laughs> I only know five states. Name them. Let's hear it. Tennessee, Tennessee two, Tennessee three, <laughs> Tennessee four, and then Tennessee five. All right, we have Tennessee, yep. Florida, yep. New York, yep. Idaho, yep. and California. Ohio. Oh wait, wait. I know w- Washington. Okay, the <laughs> states you have. The states you've left out are puzzling to me. Kentucky. Arizona. <laughs> so you know more than five. I feel better about things now. I know seven. Wait, wait. Alabama. Wow. Nashville. That's not a state. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the not a state. public school systems are failing our children. No, it's fine. Well. China. I, I want to say that I apologize for anything that we may have broadcasted on this podcast that was a negative thing about any state. All states are bad <laughs> in some way. Yeah. The end. We all, have, we all have our negatives, and we can all be made fun of. And if you can't laugh at yourself, then, you know. Um, Might as well just rip out your vocal cords. Yeah, I second that. Exactly. And then just from a download perspective, you know, on our first episode of the podcast one year ago, we actually released three uh, to kick off the show. We released our uh, um, our introductory episode of this group, and then we had another one that was me and Landon, kind of letting people inter- get their introduction to him, and then we had our first full episode. But those first few episodes, they were getting like 20, 30 downloads, somewhere in that neighborhood. And just in a year's time, we're now averaging close to 200 an episode. So that's really awesome, and... Uh, our biggest month ever was last month, where we we were just a hair shy of thirteen hundred downloads for the month. So that's a lot. Yeah. So growing, you know, every month we we get more and more. Like the graph is continuing to go up to the right, and uh, I'm really proud of what we've been able to do. But I will say we're having a good time doing this, and it's not about like it's not necessarily about getting these download records and. Sometimes, you know, I can fall into that trap of like, oh, how do we get more people listening? And, and at the end of the day, it's really just, we just need to be having fun and making a good show and people will listen. And we need to do it because, you know, initially we said we wanted to start out sharing our love for Walt Disney World and Disney and also helping people have good vacations by giving them tips and stuff. And we just need to keep doing that stuff mm-hmm. and we'll be fine. So Yeah, and... And one of the really cool things, and actually, I felt good about it, um, and you guys know on that listen to the podcast that I moved here recently, and um, and it's it's a big change to move from one place to another. And um, Jeremy from Main Street Magic mm-hmm. reached out to me and said that he knew a lady who was moving to the area, and he put us in contact with one another, and I've been kind of filling her in on the place and stuff like that and i'm happy to to do that for anyone if you're relocating but it's it's also nice that people know that i did this and and uh trust that i would you know give their friends good advice on how to get moved and relocated to the area so yeah feel free yeah and coming up at some point we'll do an episode where we really kind of dive into you know the story of 
you know, how, how did this come about? And then what's the journey kind of been like for us trying to move the family down to Orlando? We have talked with Keenan and Rachel from part of our world podcast about doing a show where we actually come onto their podcast and kind of talk about that. So that we may do that, you know, before we do anything else, because I don't want to um, steal that away. That was something that Keenan asked if we'd like to do. So that's something that may happen in June after we all get down there and we can kind of look back and talk about all of it. But certainly it's something that I think people would find interesting because there's a lot of people that go through this, you know, and I've on Twitter, I've occasionally tweeted out something about moving and people will reply and say, Hey, we're moving down there too. We're going through the same thing. So, you know, we're not the yeah. only ones that are doing this and that we probably have some tips and tricks that we can share with people about moving to the mouse. So Michael moving down to see Michael mouse. We love Michael Mouse. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I loved him in the office. <laughs> oh yeah, that was good. Good stuff. Well, anything else you guys wanted to say for our one year anniversary special? I've had the time <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I blessed the chicken nuggets down in Florida, <laughs> and I swear. And I owe it all to you. <laughs> nice. Thank you, McKenna. You're welcome. Very good. I am an opera singer by profession, so... You know, one of the things that I think we should remember is uh, we need to appreciate these episodes where the four of us can all be together because, you know, McKenna is um, getting old and, and we're going to kick her out of the house eventually. Dang, she's 60 years old. It might not be as easy to get all four of us together on the show, so we... We really do need to appreciate these times. I really don't want to pay taxes, so if I could just hang out a little while longer. You pay taxes all the time. No, you, sales tax. Yeah. What are taxes? Income tax. No. <laughs> what does that mean? All right. Well, it's money tax. But I do want to say thank you to all of you for listening. You know, if we were getting no listeners, then we probably wouldn't be doing this thing at all. So I do appreciate you. I appreciate the support. And I appreciate the fact that you've written reviews for us on iTunes, that you've told your friends about the show, that, you know, the, the reason that the show keeps growing isn't because we just keep putting something out there and people are randomly finding it. It's because the word is spreading, that people enjoy listening and they're bringing people on. And I'm, we are very appreciative of that. So thank you a yes. lot for that. I always welcome your feedback. I always welcome your questions, anything you want to send us. And you can find all of our contact information. I've been putting it in the description of the show, but and it's also in the outro, but we're, you know, at Morning Monorail on Twitter. We're Monday Morning Monorail on Facebook. We have an Instagram, we have a YouTube. We are just about everywhere you can imagine. And we do have a voicemail that you can call as well. And I just may have a very special voicemail to play here at the end of this episode. What? Yeah. So stay tuned. It'll happen uh, just after we wrap up. I'll put it on here and um, you guys can hear it. But uh, yeah, we got a very special uh, anniversary wish in our voicemail box this week. I had no clue. Yeah. And I truly mean it. Thanks, everybody. It's it makes it so much fun that I, I moved to an area where I feel like I have a ton of friends already. So it's got, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. May Michael Mouse have mercy on you. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening and stick with us. We're very excited about the coming year and many years in the future. And many. Many. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see where this monorail takes us, everybody. Until next time, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Say la vie. Bye. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all real soon. Hey, Monday morning monorail crew. This is Frank. And Jim. And you know what? We're Dillo's Days. We're your podcasting cousins, of course, and we're calling to wish you guys a happy one-year anniversary. We're, uh, we know that the second year is going to be huge for you guys. So all the best for uh, many, many fantastic episodes forthcoming. But do in person now that you guys are moving to Orlando. It's going to happen in 2019, maybe 2020, 2019. We'll say 2019. So it's going to happen with our besties. do too has to happen in year two, I yes. suppose. Yeah. 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 So, again, have a happy one. Big month coming up for you guys. Later.